0: Welcome, everybody, to the Be Kind podcast, part of the Animal Advocate's mission to make a more compassionate and loving world for all living creatures, whether you got scales, tails, hooves, feet, thumbs, no thumbs, wings, feathers, whatever. We love them all, and they should all deserve to feel loved. Today, I am Joe. Actually, I'm Joe every day, <laughs> but I'm joined today by John, again. Hello. And Courtney.
1: Hi everyone.
0: I think everyone knows John fairly well at this point. Him and I are both board members and animal advocates, but Courtney, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Um, I'm Courtney Kokis. I live in Lancaster. Um, I organize the Lancaster Veg Fest and am on the board for Lancaster Farm Sanctuary. I do local marketing and events.
0: I like to start out with the incredibly cliche question of, what's your vegan journey? <laughs>
1: I guess you kind of have to ask that question on a vegan podcast, don't
2: you? <laughs> um,
1: so I went vegan a little over 10 years ago um, when my husband and I were dating. We were both vegetarians at the time and were really just discussing the idea of veganism. And it was interesting. So we went vegan as more of a challenge to each mm-hmm. other just to see if we can do it. And then as soon as we stopped consuming all animal products, you know, that wall went down a bit. So we kind of started realizing how much sense it made, and then we got to a point where it just became a big part of us. And we we went vegan as a challenge, but the reasons evolved over time. It was first a challenge, um, then it was more logic, and then it was part of our being. And we kind of, you know, came to the realization that. We believe that humans don't have the right to commodify animals.
0: You're actually the second person we've talked to who became vegan after doing a challenge to yeah. themselves. That's interesting. So those vegan challenges. There's something to them. Yeah. There really
1: is. Um, I think it's more of that like once you stop doing it, the information that's out there kind of absorbs a little bit better. Uh, you're less defensive against it. so. You know, I didn't realize that I would actively had a wall against the information, but I must have because it definitely changed a lot once I stopped eating animals or animal products.
0: And you mentioned you organized the Lancaster Veg Fest. I have unfortunately never had the pleasure of attending. Can you tell us a little bit about the event?
1: Well, Lancaster Veg Fest is an annual vegan event in Lancaster. It started in 2016. This would be our fourth year. Um, and really, it's just a community event where people can come and listen to speakers and music and eat food and shop and have fun and be together. It's really, it's just a day to enjoy and to advocate for animals.
2: Yeah, and it, you're right. It, it's it's definitely a great day to enjoy uh, the whole vegan world, uh, no matter what route you're going down like if it's about animals or the food or you know the environment or anything i love that you have so many vendors that are mixed and you have so much out there it's 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 so much fun and i love how diverse it is too like so far as the attendant the attendees like it's it's amazing i i love being a part of it and being there every year. So oh. thank you for doing it. <laughs> thank you. I you. I, I know it's a real hard thing to put together, but I, I
0: really think it's great what you're doing.
1: Thank you so much. That means a lot.
0: How did you get started organizing it?
1: Well, about four or five years ago, I was, you know, I hit that evolution in my vegan journey of really feeling... Like it was the right thing, you know. It was really becoming a part of my belief system, and I was trying to figure out a way to get into the animal activism side of things. Um, I'm a marketer, my, so I'm used to doing things in the marketing world and events world. And after going to a couple different VegFest, you know, like the DC one at Bethlehem, um, I really felt intrigued by the idea of VegFest. It's kind of this global term um, you know there's veg fest all across the world all of them are unique and suit the places that they're being held but they're kind of all connected by this one common mission of veganism um, and I really thought Langster was ready for it and it fit my career like what my skill set was um, so I decided um, right after having a baby that it was the time <laughs> to organize a veg
2: fest for Lancaster. You have a unique situation because not too many people can incorporate their job with their veganism, and I think that's that's so awesome that you were able to do that.
1: It is great. I marketing is it fits who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, it suits me, <laughs> and I I really I mean that's my goal in life is to be able to live in this vegan world, um, live for the animals, to have my career one day become something that I can um do for the animals. You know, currently I I'm, I'm a freelancer so I work for a bunch of local nonprofit profit or local businesses, most of them are non-profit actually, but I see VegFest as more of my my activism, something a way to give back to my community and something to do to advocate for animals.
2: And that's that's amazing in itself. I mean, you that it doesn't get any bigger than that because I mean, how many people did you have last year? <laughs>
1: last year was over 10,000
2: yeah that's that's a pretty big uh yeah achievement right there and i mean that's that's some big activism right there thanks
1: yeah i mean i know a lot of people come because you know it's food and it's bands and it's fun but i do hope no matter what the reason is everyone walks away with with something something to do with animals you know
2: yeah absolutely
0: I want to touch back on something you mentioned, how you are a marketer and have clients that may not necessarily be vegan. Do you ever come into ethical situations where something a client wants to market or someone, organization that wants you market for them doesn't align with your values?
1: Yeah, I've had that in the past, um, you know, with like, I worked for a local bread company and they had non-vegan sandwiches. I justified it for a really long time. And I think, you know, everyone has to do what they have to do. But I'm at a point now where, luckily, I don't have any clients that clash with the vegan mission. The way I feel about it makes me realize I can't go back. Um, I don't want to justify it anymore. You know, I, I'm not judging anyone who does because I know personally that it's so hard. You know, when you're trying to find clients to be picky, especially in Pennsylvania. Um, but luckily, I just I found me a place. I find myself in a place where. I can be a little pickier um, and just give my all. And I do better work when there's no clashing of ideals. Yeah, and I feel like my creativity and my ideas come clearer when I'm not arguing with myself over the ethics.
2: Yeah, I can imagine that being really stressful. So that's awesome that you're able to filter that out and <laughs> be comfortable yeah. at your in your situation.
1: Like one of my the jobs, I have is for like a nonprofit school. You know, there's nothing really there that clashes.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think kids shouldn't learn. No learning. <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I think also you mentioned that you're not going to put 110% into a project that clashes with your ethics. So at the end of the day, you're going to put out subpar work as well.
1: Yeah, I feel like it. I feel like um, maybe not subpar work, but just. I feel like part of what I bring to the table is ideas, you know, my, the ability to create events and the ability to think outside the box, but that, it doesn't come as freely when like, there's this other thing nagging at me, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the work isn't necessarily subpar. I just feel like it's, it's a hurdle.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I get
0: that. Another thing you mentioned is that you thought Lancaster was ready for a veg fest. If anyone else mm-hmm. out there and maybe a different community is looking at organizing a veg fest or a large- scale event, how should they gauge whether or not their respective communities are ready for such an event?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I feel like for me, I knew it was because I had approached a few companies about it um, and they had agreed to sponsor. So really, a a community is ready when you're seeing vegan options on, menus, you know, that may not be vegan restaurants. You don't have to have like a ton of vegan restaurants. You don't have to be like Philly, you know, where there's just an abundance (laughs) of options, but you need to be able to have the support. So you need to be able to have companies willing to sponsor and vendors willing to attend, especially local vendors and people willing to come and volunteers willing to help. So all those pieces need to be in place. Um, You know, I knew Lancaster was ready just from the vibe I was getting and from what I was seeing in the community. But if people are looking to do a large vegan event and they're not sure, I would recommend they start with smaller events um, and just gauge that, you know, response, gauge how many attendees they get, like look and talk to different companies to see if they're willing to sponsor.
0: We are recording this in the midst of the coronavirus epidemic where every public event for the next forever it seems like has come under intense scrutiny what are your plans for the lancaster veg fest in this year next year or two
1: yeah that's <laughs> that's heartbreaking for event organizers Yeah, uh, lancaster veg fest original date is two weeks from now and um i'm not sure what i'm gonna do that day i might cry a lot you know i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i currently have it scheduled for october 10th it's really a mixed bag i'm not sure what the world's gonna look like You know, large events is probably the very last thing that's going to be okay and safe during this uh, pandemic. So I have a three-tiered plan. Not to get nerdy on you, but I have a (laughs) three-tier.
0: We love nerdiness. (laughs) Tears are the best. Phases, tears, all good things. (laughs) Bring them on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So this year, the plan is, you know, number one, hold the event full-blown. Everything's great. Things are safe. Who knows what needs to happen for that to be a reality but that's still what i'm hoping for and how i'm organizing mm-hmm. you know i want to be ready for this event if i'm able to give it to the community right i'll, I'll skip to the third the third is a virtual event that's plan c mm-hmm. um i found a couple of different online softwares technologies um, where i can hold this sort of conference style event uh, thinking of ways to make it really fun like sanctuary tours and yoga and, you know, live speakers and bands and giveaways and a bunch of other stuff, ton of ideas for that. Um, And, you know, plan B, if it's kind of this, like, sure, we can have some events, it's sort of like, maybe 50, 100 people, 200 people, but not quite 10,000 people, Um, then I'll probably do a like hybrid of those two hold a virtual event, but try to do some like viewing parties around the community. So I can still help small businesses and sort of stimulate business that way for them.
0: I think good way to look at this whole situation is even if you have to go virtual, don't so much look at it as a you're missing out on all these things, but look at it as a way you can incorporate so much more things like those ideas you just said, yoga class, farm sanctuary tours. Those are things that wouldn't happen. In a live Thanks. event but that's something you can do now with this virtual space yeah,
1: totally i agree um i have my first virtual event next month um that i'm putting on for lancaster farm sanctuary um it's called the great sanctuary tour Ooh. <laughs> and um, <laughs> essentially it's a live tour of 10 different sanctuaries across the u.s in one day that's amazing um, it should be really fun i'm hoping that it you know helps the all the sanctuaries involved to raise money um, i'm trying to get more sponsors so i can do matching donations for them and you know it, it gives everyone the ability to tour sanctuaries they would never be able to otherwise you know you're going to be able to tour sanctuary in lancaster and one in california on the same day so I'm I'm hoping people will dig it. Um, there's going to be giveaways there too, and it's going to test out the platform that I'm hoping to use for VegFest. So, it's a win-win for me. I going to, you know, test this thing out, see how it goes, and also support my local sanctuary and others.
2: That's awesome. It sounds like a win-win for everybody. I mean, like you said, uh, you know, being able to see a sanctuary in California and you know and throughout the country and stuff. That's that's awesome. Like that's such yeah. a great idea. So I'm
1: hoping it'll be fun. It's something like I personally wanted like many other people want to do this too.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's great. As you were organizing the Lancaster VegFest, what is one of the biggest challenges you faced?
1: You know, I think my biggest challenges are probably the same challenges any large event makes like has, um, you know, I think it's coordinating everything, thinking through all the details, uh, making sure everyone's safe and, you know, you're one step ahead of any crazy situation that could happen. Um, you, you have enough trash cans, things like that. There's enough toilet paper. You know, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's really not huge difference between the challenges of a Veg Fest and a challenge of any other large scale event. Um, maybe the one unique thing would be a little bit more internet trolls. Pretty much other than that, it's it's the same thing. It's just coordinating enormous amount of people and vendors, and making sure all of their potential needs are met.
2: You do it so well; like it's such a well-oiled machine. Like it's amazing how organized you are. And I know you—you you obviously have volunteers and everything, but like you are just like, boom, 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 like everywhere. Uh, during that day like it's incredible to watch (laughs) like I you're you're like a superhero or that's just like floating around everywhere like making sure everything's good to go (laughs) it's incredible I mean you know I've been I've been helping you out with VegFest since the beginning and like Mm -hmm. I just the first time I ever you know was around you and just watching you operate. It was just like, whoa! Like this is mind blowing. <laughs> oh my so. god! Thank you so much. <laughs> totally <laughs> but no, I mean, it's it's you. You are so organized, and it's 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 amazing to watch. It really is.
1: I appreciate that. Hmm. I think um, you know, Veg Fest lights my soul on fire. I'm obsessed. I I definitely found. The thing i love most to do Mm -hmm. um i it's within it's just like who i am to think through those things the the little details um like my trick is i picture myself as the vendor and as an attendee and i in my head walk around and think okay what do i want what do i need what could i potentially need what if i fall what if you know i just i i try to imagine it from the point of view of any person who might walk through and make sure I I have everything there. Yeah, The first year was definitely not as smooth.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but you didn't really crack under pressure, though. I noticed like you still like, even though there were situations going on, like you were still like, boom, like you were on it.
1: Thanks. (laughs) I'm a a reactor. (laughs) (laughs) I react to things, yeah.
0: Something I think that listeners could really benefit from who may be thinking about coordinating any large scale vegan event is how you find and manage volunteers. Finding and managing volunteers who aren't vegan is hard enough, but limiting Mm -hmm. yourself to that audience of volunteers who engage in the vegan movement, I imagine must be quite a challenge. And how do you manage to keep them engaged once they're in your clutches?
1: I think definitely like incentives help. You know, um, last year I started feeding my volunteers food. Thank you, by the way. (laughs) Well-fed volunteers are happy volunteers. Yes. <laughs> um, they get, like a free shirt and like, water. And I feel like the first year we definitely we had, I don't even know, maybe 10 volunteers total. <laughs> it was not yeah. a lot. Um, but every single one of them, it, they bought into the vision and they really took it on as their own. Like I felt really confident with my volunteers that they could handle any situation like they were the ones who put the event on. So I really feel like communication, number one, making sure the volunteers understand your mission, understand what needs to be done and empower them to help make choices because it's literally impossible to put out every fire that happens during an event by yourself. Yeah. Um, And then having a few people really close to you that can manage it. Uh, Last year I had somebody who kind of took over the communications for volunteers, like a volunteer coordinator and it was, so nice um really she just like there's people who show up who have never met before who have never helped before and they need to know what to do and to feel okay and not be scared of like all these people asking them questions so I I, I wasn't able to like really help with that too much so I deemed one person that like head volunteer or volunteer coordinator and she really really helped out it was a lifesaver and John clearly he like <laughs> Takes care of all the music stuff, which is so above my head. I know where my weaknesses lie, and I just put people there and ask people to take it over and trust them that they're going to do a good job and you know have the best intentions.
2: I don't know if you heard the cat meowing, but there was yeah. a cat. Meowing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> he knew he was just going to wait till we were quiet and meow, so he got picked up. <laughs> what was one of the Biggest surprises that came from organizing Lancaster VegFest?
1: I think it has to be the support and the growth. Uh, That first year, as John can contest, uh, we were all very blown away by how many people came. We were not, yeah, it was more people than that little park could really handle.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was a little Uh, overwhelming, (laughs) but it was awesome. It was worth it.
1: (laughs) It was very overwhelming, and I cried like 12 times. Um, just from sheer like surge of emotion, yeah. but yeah, like how many people were just into it and showed up, and you know the next year I feel like every year I'm just completely blown away and surprised by how many people come, and how far they come. You know we've had we had people from Boston coming, I'm like
2: what? Yeah, I, there were some people <laughs> from Virginia too. Like it was wild.
1: It was wild. It's like are you lying to me? <laughs> No, it's it, the the support and just how many people like love this event. And it's every year I'm humbled and blown away by it.
0: You mentioned earlier that you're on the board for Lancaster Farm Sanctuary. Can you tell us a little bit more about them and what you do with that organization?
1: Yeah. Um, so Lancaster Farm Sanctuary is Lancaster's only sanctuary. Um, I'm a founding board member. So I was there from the beginning. They have about 65 animals right now. And tomorrow actually marks the first day we're starting to move into a new location. Um, That's about a little more than three times the size of the space we hold now. Again, there use my career. (laughs) I do marketing and fundraising and event organization for them, uh, like this great sanctuary tour happening next month. I built their website and... You just help to make sure that we're communicating our mission and that we're doing what it takes to be able to fund the needs of all these animals.
0: I work in marketing as well, so I see that all your marketing efforts on your website and social media and is very top notch, high quality professional stuff. So you're doing a great job.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thanks so much.
0: <laughs> Courtney, I got to ask what's your favorite farm animal?
1: Um, ah, gosh, that's so hard. <laughs> really <laughs> the hardest question you've asked um <laughs> I, uh, okay um goats i'm happy for goats
2: <laughs> goats are pretty They're amazing
1: <laughs> all the time all the time. I mean, I don't know. Every time I'm in front of a different animal, I'm like, you're my favorite. <laughs> Six, seven, I'm like, you're my favorite. And then I go to true. I'm like, no, you're my favorite. <laughs> goats so, have an
0: unfair advantage, though, because they have resting, smiling faces. It's not fair. I know.
1: It's true. It's true. It's impossible not to love goats.
0: <laughs> I'm partial to favorite. cows myself. Cows are awesome. Yeah,
1: I know. If I'm in front of a cow, if a cow was in front of me, I tell you that cows are my favorite.
0: John? I... I- I love goats too,
2: but otters is probably my favorite animals. I know we're still talking about farm animals, but <laughs> I was gonna say, what farms are you going to? <laughs> you never been to an otter farm? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so far as farm animals, I would probably I, I
0: would lean towards goats, but uh, llamas are pretty yeah. awesome. As another educational point for the listeners, Courtney, I know there's not a lot of talk about language of how we talk about animals. Is there a proper way to talk about animals that are typically found on human farms that we should be aware of?
1: Not that I'm aware of. Um, we we say farmed animals, uh, not farm animals. That's that's a distinction. You know, they were animals that were being farmed, but you know now they're saved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, not really. Well, even
0: that subtle difference means a lot. But I think the main draw of farm sanctuaries is they have names all of a sudden, whereas before they were just numbers, but now they have names and personalities and identify as individuals.
1: Right, exactly. I feel like in marketing, like when I talk about the animals, I usually name them. um, And I do struggle with like just having this blanket term, like farmed animals even. But generally we say farmed animals.
0: There's got to be a think tank or source out there or the vegan police must have a law
1: <laughs> try to avoid the vegan police
0: <laughs> yeah they're no fun <laughs> do you have anything else you'd like to say about any projects you're doing that people might be interested in hearing
1: i mean the two main ones this year are going to be Vegfest fest and the sanctuary tours next month but you know i had a another event plan this year that I had to uh, cancel because of the pandemic um, is called the vegan circus.
2: Interesting. Um,
1: it was going to be my attempt to try to make a, you know, a like a living from events. Um you know VegFest is my activism, but I do love it and I I do feel like I'm getting fairly good at it. So I wanted to do it for a living. I'm I'm never going to charge an entrance fee for Veg fest, and that's really the only way you can make any money from doing an event. Um, you know, sponsorships and vendor fees. That all goes to making the event run. Right. Um, and because I stand by that, and I, I want Veg fest to be accessible. I want it to be my my way of giving back to my community. Um, a second event would need to happen. So uh, I came up with this idea of the vegan circus and the tagline is it's like a circus, but not terrible. Um, (laughs) And it's more of just like entertainment uh, you know, the food and, and everything, but it's very like fun. It's more fun based, not so much activism based and it's more to stimulate vegan businesses and, you know, just be kind of kooky and weird. And I pictured people on stilts and, fire breathers and just all sorts of things to really you know ferris wheel in my head i have to have a ferris wheel
2: (laughs) that sounds amazing it's almost like a state fair but vegan (laughs)
1: exactly exactly just like really fun and out there and just something that i can like let all my creativity fall into and have the funds to be able to do it because it would be a ticketed event right Um, i was talking to the man center about putting it there and we were so interested and we were getting so much momentum and, you know, booking acts. And then this happened. <laughs>
0: right, right. <Arrgh. laughs> that sounds right. incredible. Yeah, it sounds like a fun event that just happens to be vegan. It's not quite as in your face exactly. as a veg fest. It's just something super cool and zany and fun that happens to not be exploiting animals.
2: Right. Yeah. That's...
1: Yes, exactly. And it really wanted something like very different from what's out there. I wanted something I can really like mark as mine you know i feel like my identity doesn't matter for veg fest just because it's more driven by the community what the community needs what the community is ready for what they want um but this event i felt like it was going to be like more of me more of like just like if i had no barriers and really just could like do whatever i wanted it's just gonna be like super weird
2: (laughs) that really sounds amazing and i really hope within the next like couple of years of maybe less that could be a thing but man i
1: I feel like right now i'm just gonna put my focus into you know um the sanctuary and making veg fest virtual there's no way to do the circus virtual
2: right right yeah (laughs) that'd be a challenge
1: the community was something and working my way back up
0: well we're coming up on half an hour but in partying or is there anything you would want to tell someone thinking about organizing a large vegan event or coordinating these large-scale things that you wish you had known back when you first started
1: well primarily is make sure that your community is ready and you have the support there it goes so much smoother um if there's sponsors ready within your community and there's volunteers and the support system is essential to making it work um give yourself a year to organize the first one because there's a lot of details that you would never know. Be friendly with the health department um, because it's up to them to approve your vendors. I always drop off vegan cupcakes to like any, you know, city employee <laughs> that like, I've a- have <laughs> contact with.
2: <laughs> That's a great incentive.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's just like help. Them. I just want to keep them happy because I'm a total pain in the butt for them. Um, yeah. We definitely have the most vendors of any event, in Lancaster so I feel terrible because there are like hundreds of applications they have to go through but you know just be kind and gracious and make sure you're doing it for for the community
0: that is fantastic advice thank you again Courtney for spending some time of your weekend with us this has been great
1: awesome yeah thanks for having me this was fun
0: (laughs) we'd love to have you back on at some point uh in the future
2: because you're you're awesome (laughs) <laughs>
1: thanks so much guys I feel so good about myself after this I'm going to call you guys every week to see.
0: I mean not a whole lot else going on so I'm sure <laughs> that's true <laughs> well if people want to reach you or learn more about your work how can they do that
1: well you can reach VegFest through we have social media and you know my email's on there pavegfest at gmail.com um, you yeah, know feel free to reach out at uh, Sanctuary has Facebook and Instagram and all that too. So follow along. Um, I'm not sure when this will air, but the Sanctuary Tour website should be available within the next, like tickets should be available within the next couple of weeks.
2: And
0: if you want to reach us at the Be Kind podcast, send us an email at bekindpodcast at gmail.com or message the Animal Advocates Facebook page. And we'll be more than happy to answer any questions or even have you on as a guest if you want.